And I always thought that Grass Against was a Rage Against the Machine cover band, but they actually cover more tunes than that. So That's also interesting. Yes. They pee on more people than most bands. I think that Brass Against has peed on more people than Rage Against the Machine has. Yes. Oh, no, never mind. That's a bad joke. <laughs> okay. We'll just skip that one. Okay. Well, this one's <laughs> going to be good because not only does it have Rage Against the Machine, it also features Limp Biscuit. And uh, we yes. have talked about the Biscuit Boys and yes. Mr. Biscuit many a Mr. time. Mr. Biscuit, yes. On this podcast. Uh, interview with Mr. Biscuit is somewhere in the feed there. Yeah. Very... Uh, insightful thoughtful lots of information out of that guy have you seen pictures of him recently like Uh, not like recently but you know what he looks like these days hair and a mustache yeah he's got like the hulk hogan mustache and he's all white yeah white hair and everything i wonder if the hair is real or if it's a wig oh i don't know i wasn't looking like at his hair hair but i just noticed he just looks like an old man now. Well, that was running kind around of, doing metal music. I mean, it's been twenty years, so he's probably in his fifties by now. That was part of their thing with their new album was with Dad Vibes was the single, and so th- oh, I thought okay. it was just a joke. Like I thought it was a fake mustache and fake hair, uh, because the whole song is about them being old. So I don't know if he's just embracing that and that's the actual look or if he's just trying to be funny. Oh, that's the other picture I've seen when he's got like a he's doing the beard thing now too. Yeah. Instead of the little uh little soul patch like he Now, see this picture in this article is how I remember him being red yeah. hat, you know. Yeah. That's what he looked like back in you the 2000s. What? That's a <laughs> good that, Halloween I saw, costume. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw him for... recently and I'm like, "What the fuck? Is that Fred Durst?" You wouldn't even recognize him. No. Oh, well, that's probably why he's doing it too cuz people are assholes to him he wanted uh, that though but yeah i mean no, it's whatever i i'm, I'm not going to be a jerk to him it's, he's just another guy out there he's doing what he does to make money and then it is what it is i like his music um i don't like his fucking attitude but i like his music <laughs> um but yeah if you guys are looking for good halloween costume ideas fred durst 2001 that's going to be my uh, submission and if you do it send us pictures on our facebook group death by music podcast fans yeah we would love to see them. Uh, let's just roll into this one. Uh, th- we'll do that after I tell them who we are. You're listening to Death by Music Podcast. Keep rolling, rolling. If, uh, yeah. What? Were you going to continue rolling, the, rolling, yeah, rolling, rolling. the song what? there? Um, yeah, I'm Jake. I'm here with uh, Alex. Cassie will be back for the main episodes. You already knew that. Uh, yep. I, we don't Some have to say it anymore, that. right? I'm going to keep saying it anyways. If you're new here, there is a third member. Yeah. But she is a silent <laughs> member. She creates the tripod. She's the producer. That is Death by Music Podcast. She holds our microphones for us. <laughs> she can't talk into them because she only has two hands and she's got to hold them up to our faces. Thanks, Cassie. Uh, this article is from tonedef.thebrag.com. And it's by Tyler Jenke. I saw this on facebook and i was like i never fucking knew that happened probably because i, I wasn't allowed to watch tv back then <laughs> i believe if this is the incident that i think it is i th- i kind i may recall actually hearing about this i never saw it yeah but i do know of it well this is a rage against the machine drummer explains their infamous mtv awards appearance so let's talk about it Almost 18 years after the incident occurred, Rage Against the Machine's Brad Wilk shared details of the infamous moment which saw the band's bassist 
crashed the stage at the MTV Video Music Awards over 20 years ago. On September 7th, 2000, Rage Against the Machine had managed to score themselves a nomination for Best Rock Video because of their legendary Michael Moore-directed clip for Sleep Now in the Fire. However, when it was announced that Limp Biscuit had actually won the award for Break Stuff, which also a great video, uh, bassist Tim Comerford decided to take matters into his own hands, invading the stage and earning himself a night in jail. It's kind of like... There's always some drama at the VMAs. Uh, yeah, for some reason. I don't know why people are worried about the VMAs. It's just an MTV award. Eh. Yeah, but I don't know. I think maybe <laughs> maybe they do it because there's such a history of drama at the VMAs. Because there was like the Madonna and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera thing where they all like made out with each other and everyone was like, mm-hmm. what? And then uh, the Kanye West interrupting Taylor Swift's speech to say that Beyonce had oh, the best yeah. video of all time or whatever like there's always some shit and like the vmas were actually last night as we're recording or two nights ago as we're recording this and i I, had no idea i haven't read (laughs) yeah we don't have cable and i haven't read anything really on it we even had cable i still wouldn't have watched it the only thing i got from the vmas this year because i haven't looked too far into it is that taylor swift won every award she was nominated for and it was like it was like nine or ten awards or more so basically the whole show it was a fuck ton (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah she won the entire show Hmm. So, okay, speaking on Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talk podcast in 2018, Rage Against the Machine drummer Brad Wilk opened up about the infamous incident and how both Limp Biscuit and MTV's security reacted to the stunt. We were all sitting there. MTV gave us a bunch of bottles of champagne. Tim obviously was taking it pretty seriously, Wilk explained. To be honest, we weren't fans of Limp Biscuit. The only thing we were fans of is that they were actually getting it together to write music and play and do things. Anyways, it seemed like in Tim's eyes that they were going to give us the award. In Tim's head. So Limp Biscuit wins the award for best video for Break Stuff. Michael Moore is sitting right next to us. He made one of the greatest videos. I'm thinking of Michael Bay. Yeah, he did Transformers. He does the explosions. Michael Moore was... uh... He did something back in the bay, uh, back in the bay, back in the day, and I just can't remember. Are you talking about like music videos or? No, it was like I, I want to say it was like almost a documentary. Yeah, Bowling for Columbine said he he won the 2002 Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature for Bowling for Columbine, um, which looks at gun culture in the United States. He yeah. directed and produced Fahrenheit 9/11. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Fahrenheit 9/11. Yeah, look at the presidency. He was big of on the the George documentaries. Bush. Yeah. Okay. I knew his name was familiar, but yeah. they said sleep now in the fire, and I'm thinking Michael Bay. I'm thinking explosions. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. That's not the same guy. Yeah, I didn't know he did music videos. But I remember him back in the day with those two specific ones, the Bowling for Columbine and the Fair, uh, uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah. Fahrenheit 9-11. What's, there's a book that he pulled that title from. Um. Anyways, so yeah, there. Michael Moore is sitting right next to us. He made one of the greatest videos. We literally shut down the New York Stock Exchange. An incredible video. Hmm. The lesson in life is never expect anything, Wilt continues. So Limp Bizkit wins, gets called up, and I remember sitting next to Tim. And Tim sitting next to Michael. And he's like, I want to fucking go up there. He looks over to Michael and says... I want to go up there. I think the other people in the band were like, no, don't do anything. Michael Moore says, just go with it. Go with your heart. So that guy's instigating shit. Tim was wearing flip-flops. He gets up and starts walking over the chairs. 
And uh, Brad Wilk was elated at this point because he loves shit like this. He says, this is going to be fucking good. Whatever it is, it's going to be fucking good. Tim actually makes it to the stage and then starts climbing this tower that starts shaking. And he's like, all right, this is good, but somebody might die now. Somebody might actually get hurt. He's shaking this thing and Fred Durst is looking at him. I'm still in awe. Like, this is fucking amazing. I'm standing up. And I'm at the greatest sporting event that I've ever seen. <laughs> I do remember this. So it looks like he's climbing like the, some, some sort of like rafter type uh, he's, structure. He's, he's climbing something on the side of the stage, like a like a stage decoration type of deal. Yeah. And, and he it, gets it's pretty like far. scaffolding. And he, yeah, I do recall this. I, I don't recall the reason I didn't realize it was for Fred Durst. I know I've seen the the video of it at least once somewhere in the last 20 years. I'll but have to post it in the Facebook. Yeah. See it. Meanwhile, MTV is trying to divert the attention because the stage is broken up in two parts. So they got to a commercial, he continues. Mayhem ensues. Absolute fucking mayhem. We get up out of our seats and we're trying to get Tim. I remember Tom Morello and I just being in a swarm of fucking people and it's almost impossible to get Tim. There's an undercover cop who went on a ladder to try and get him. Uh, the guy tries to grab at Tim and he's, he's an undercover cop, so he's in regular clothes. Tim grabs the guy's white mustache and pulls on it. <laughs> okay. So I wonder if it counts as assaulting a, an officer if you don't know that they're an officer. Ah, that's a good question. I would assume it still counts, but... I mean, it's just assaulting a person at that point. Because, like, obviously, if he, if, if he was in a uniform, you probably wouldn't pull on his mustache. No, yeah. If he was a uniformed cop or a security person, he probably wouldn't have... Grabbed yeah. his face. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that finally got him down. We were all thrown outside. MTV hated us. Brad Wilk concludes. I remember the head guy at MTV was there and we were being ushered out. Thank you very much. Don't come back. That type of thing. I just remember laughing my ass off in the van back to the hotel. While this incredible or while this incident has arguably gone down as one of the most controversial moments in the awards history. It also stands out as one of the most hilarious moments in the career of an otherwise serious political band. What more could you want? And they do have the video available, so I'll try to share that in the Facebook group. If I don't get to it, then one of you nerds has got to share it in the in the group for us. But yeah, so he basically just climbed up the, the stage because he was pissed off that they didn't win. Which honestly is a little bit more funny than going up and grabbing the mic from somebody. That was like, you have mental issues. Yeah, I don't know that he was trying to be funny when he did that. Yeah, he was actually He sounded pretty off. serious. But at the same time, like you said, it's just a fucking awards show. It yeah. doesn't matter. Nobody cares except for you. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, nobody cares about the awards on your wall. And like, at a certain point, it's annoying. It's annoying being the best because trophies are stupid and... <laughs> They take up so much space. Like, nobody saves their trophies and their ribbons and shit from high school. And if you do... Don't look in the closet in your room. In my room? Yeah. Are all your trophies in there? They are. At least they're not on display. <laughs> that would be even weirder. No, that's uh, what all my nerd shit's for. Yeah. Eventually. If, if you were putting your own trophies up to, like, decorate your house as a... As a uh, I won't say how old you are, man. Like, that would be really strange and also a red flag for like any woman that comes over i don't know yeah i figured they'd want to see like my ribbons from fifth grade yeah when trophies you won the spelling bee they're like okay so he's not stupid at least by fifth grade standards yeah that's I got, good i got some uh some little medals for playing saxophone really yeah they gave band people awards yeah 
Huh. For the ones that did good. Oh, well, <laughs> you did good, I guess. <laughs> I just had a bunch, a shitload of swimming trophies and uh, ribbons. God, we were in so many races. Like, the rib- the amount of ribbons we had for swimming was just absolutely fucking obnoxious. Um, hey, Mom, if you're listening, you can throw that shit away. I don't care. <laughs> I'm never going to want it. So that is from MTV Awards in 2000. Quick mini episode for you guys today because I will be traveling back from um, Louder Than Life Music Festival on the day that this comes out. So I'm not trying to give myself too much shit to do. And speaking of festivals, if you didn't hear our episode last week, it was on Blue Ridge Rock Fest and the fiasco that that whole thing turned out to be. We got some claims from people we know. We have some stories from people who were allegedly working at the festival as stagehands and then uh, people from the health department and what they had to say. So check it out. Festivals are definitely hit or miss. And unfortunately, Blue Ridge Rock Fest was a miss this year. It sounds like it's been a miss for several years now from from your descriptions. Personally, will not be going next year. Right. (laughs) And I had already told my friends, I was like, I thought it was all just the weather. And I said... Hey, I'll go with you next year. Fuck it. I I take that back. I will not be going next year. I think I'll stick with Louder Than Life because it's usually pretty cool. So when I get back, for real, for real, I'll update you guys on how that festival went because it's always fucking badass. Tool's going to be there. Uh, Green Day, which I don't really listen to, but I think they'll be cool to see. I mean, I'd watch them if they were there. Yeah. Why not? Queens of the Stone Age is on the lineup as well. Uh, Pantera's going to be there. <laughs> see them again. Avenged Sevenfold. I haven't seen them in a long ass time. Okay. And Foo Fighters. And Death Clock. Fuck yeah. Death oh, Clock. Shit. Oh shit. Really? I'm going to have to dress like uh, Dr. Roxo. Brandon Small's going to be there then. Yeah. That's his band. Yeah. Cool. So that's probably the one I'm most excited for. Last year it was Tenacious D. I like fake bands. I don't like real ones. Uh, speaking of, you. T- so we just got back from Dragon Con, which is a huge pop culture nerd festival out in Atlanta. I went to your hotel, mm-hmm. and of course, your hotel, you need key cards to get up the main elevators, right? Yeah. So you came down to get us, because we were in Stuck the lobby, in the lobby, and literally, the elevator that opened before yours, Death Clock, came walking out of the elevator. Pickles, uh, Nathan... Explosion. E- explosion, Murder Face, uh, they all... Toki. Uh, Toki. Um, And a very skanky-looking... Uh, Dr. Roxo came walking out of the elevator and I'm like that's fucking amazing and then they went around the corner they disappeared Man. you came down your elevator open to get us and I was like you just missed death death clock I'm so bummed about that I didn't I don't think I saw I saw maybe one Roxo this year but I also wasn't out as much as I normally I saw, am I saw I it must have been two or three that I saw I, mm. one chick was out there as as, as Dr. Roxo yeah. that wasn't you Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I saw a few of them. I did see the Death Clock guys. I, I spotted Pickles somewhere because I saw his hair. Stupid so ass I did. Haircut. It was the same guys. I saw a French Kiss again this year. I oh. saw a regular Kiss. I love French Kiss. I did see the uh, the Orville Peck one. I saw Orville Peck. I mm-hmm. caught a Freddie Mercury and I caught an Elton John. Oh, I missed those. Yeah, I did. that was, I at, remember, the, that I, was at the gay dance party. That's okay. why they were all there. I've, I've <laughs> seen Freddie Mercury's before. Um uh, I did see the usual David Bowie uh, labyrinth. David Bowie, yeah. Yeah, you always see David a David, d- at least two or three David Bowie labyrinths. I out saw there. a regular David Bowie, like a Ziggy, like a Ziggy Stardust type David oh, okay, Bowie. Okay, that's not cool. from the movie, so that yeah. was cool. 
I, I understand all the music ones. I don't get any of the other shit. Well, that, <laughs> that, I don't play video games and I don't watch movies. That's what's cool about Dragon Con is it's it's pop culture. Anything about pop culture that you can geek out about, it's there. And a lot of the music ones are great. You know, I spotted a a, a, a Silver Shroud for those of you that know who that is. He came walking yep. around the main thing in the Marriott and there's fucking Silver Shroud from Fallout 4 and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm the only guy there that recognized him apparently. Well, but, you're the only real nerd. Yeah, and I just played that game, so everybody it was else fresh is my mind. Surface level nerd, and you're like yeah, a, right. a deep nerd. Yeah, you yeah, can tell by level. who's yelling what out at who. Yeah, what they actually know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Dragon Con in Atlanta. Not as many dragons as you would expect. A lot more other shit. So if you're in that area, definitely recommend. It's always Labor Day weekend in downtown. Which, if you are in that area, you've already fucking heard about it, so never mind. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is it. Join our Facebook group. Send us an email, deathbypodcastteam at gmail.com. We have Patreon, two extra episodes a month. Five bucks is all it costs. And, and there's a lot of extra content up there now. It's, yeah. We've been doing it for over a year now, I think. Yeah, two we've years? got... Yeah, we've Close got over years. 50 episodes, so it'd be two years. Yeah, then. so you got a lot of extra stuff up there on top of the two extra episodes a month that you get with it so yeah there should be a link in the show description for our patreon but if not because i'm not going to check uh patreon.com <laughs> slash death by podcast team five bucks a month thanks for listening yes later Death by Music podcast is written and produced by Victoria Motler, Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.